Hi, this is Guy Raz. And I'm Mindy Thomas. And together we bring you Wow in the World. NPR's podcast for curious kids and the grown-ups. And we're back with all new episodes. New scientific adventures both in and out of this world. Find Wow in the World on NPR One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Daddy. This week on the show, a reporter for Marketplace from American Public Media, Sally Hership, and a reporter for More Perfect from WNYC, Sean Ramisferum. All right, let's start the show. A-plus, Betty. Yep. Some chance the rapper to start us off, and also Betty to start us off. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, y'all, this is NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. Each week we start with a different song. I'll explain this wonderful song in a second. You like this song. I'm, I'm already in. Right? I'm mesmerized. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> feeling it. Yeah, yeah. So as Aunt Betty said, two great fine folks here. Sean, reporter for More Perfect, the WNYC series all about the Supreme Court from the folks at Radio Lab. Glad Sam. to have you here. Thank you. Sally, contributor to Marketplace. You cover the economy, business, the numbers that make the world go round. Anything to do with money. Money touches everything. <laughs> it does. Cash rules everything around me. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Sorry. So today we are at the lovely studios of WBEZ in Chicago <laughs> because we're all here for this big conference called Third Coast. Podcasters and radio folks and it's fun, huh? It's snowing. It's snowing. It's snowing. Yeah, yeah. What happened to hot We have hot in New York City. It's I like hot autumn. Hot autumn, yeah. Yeah, it's cold now. <laughs> <laughs> Although my thing is like if it's going to snow, it better stick. I don't like the snow that's not mm. going to give me like a day or two or three of winter wonderland. I brought sneakers, so I'm good with uh, <laughs> I'm good with whatever wants to just dissipate immediately. So this song, I'm playing a song called No Problems by Chance the Rapper. One, because we're in Chicago and he's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, because I love this song. And since the day that I've heard it, I've been obsessed with it and it's in my head every day. But three, Chance made some Chicago news this week. Um, he attended a city council meeting in Chicago. He was nice. like, hey, what's up? And he went there because he wanted to make the case that Chicago should spend more money on schools. And there's like this shadow campaign to get Chance to run for mayor, right? Really? Yeah. I had not heard of that. There's like a Chance for Mayor hashtag out there, for I sure. I bet he's wow. more popular than Rahm is right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard, right? <laughs> I love Chance. Uh, also, Chicago side note, Barack Obama was dismissed from jury duty this week. Saw that coming. Oh, you know, they called yeah. him up and yeah. then they were like, no, you don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you sign this for me? <laughs> All right. We are here to discuss what happened this week. It was a big week, full of news, uh, big election day, yet another mass shooting, uh, GOP tax bill moving through Capitol Hill, and so much more. So let's just get started. I challenge my panelists every week to describe how this week of news felt in just three words. I've already heard that Sally broke the rules and has more than three words, but it's fine. Oh, Go ahead. What are your three words? I know, but this was like a special week, you guys. Okay, all right. Okay, I was going to see. I was hoping. I was like, maybe they won't notice. Maybe they're not counting. You had one job, Sally. <laughs> it's okay. So here are my words. Digging in, up, and out. Okay. So, okay. Digging so, in, digging up, digging out. So what does that mean? So first of all, Puerto Rico. Puerto yes. Rico. Mm-hmm. We can't forget Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is still digging out. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We can talk more about that. But that is digging out. Okay. Digging in, 
the elections. Mm -hmm. So I see minorities. I see women. I see people of color, underrepresented groups. They are digging in. And this is going to be like a long term battle. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like trench warfare. Yeah. Okay. So I was digging in. Oh, digging up. The Paradise Papers. Yeah. Now, for what? those that don't know, what are those? Oh, my gosh. The Paradise Papers are this massive leak of documents. Financial documents. Financial documents, mm-hmm. which showed that billionaires around the world uh, are hiding their money offshore. Yes. And even the Queen, even oh, the Queen yeah. of England. The um, Queen of England was doing it. Apple was doing it. Nike. I didn't know Nike. Nike. All my faves just caught up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The Commerce Secretary, Wilbur Ross, oh, yeah. implicated in um, money in a company owned by a relative of Putin. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But this just confirms my underlying belief about all humanity. Given the chance to be shady, most of us will be shady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, Apple, I think Apple, we knew about Apple, right? Because well, lo- they were in Ireland for a little bit yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. They'll do yeah. anything to, to I mean, get, catch a tax break. Switzerland is kind of on the out. You can't, on the outs, you can't really hide money in so Switzerland very easily. You hide it in the offshore islands. And so we know about a lot of this stuff, but the crazy thing is like that it's legal and the looking at how, how people do this. I mean, but like what's going to come of this? Because I've been seeing stories trickle out all week. Will people get punished? Will this be forgotten in the crazy vortex of news cycles? Like, what do you think? You know, what's re- I think what's really interesting is when the Panama Papers came out, there was massive reaction and protest. And yet here these stories are coming out all around the world. There are countries around the world, uh, journalism organizations from around the world. And the, there's just a real lack of reaction. Mm. Everything right now, it feels like every single news item is in neon lights. And when everything is in neon lights, it's kind of... You just close your eyes. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> you close your eyes. Like, nothing feels special anymore and we're just kind of like shrug yeah when you mentioned puerto rico i've been seeing reports this week that governments here and there are finally beginning to acknowledge that this death toll is much higher than officials were saying but a thing that's just sort of like a a beacon of hope in puerto rico though yeah is lin-manuel miranda maybe just single-handedly reminding people all the time that this is happening and the way he did it this week was uh by announcing that he's going to officially bring hamilton to puerto rico in January 2019, and that he will return to the show as its star. That's great. I mean, can this man (laughs) single-handedly rejuvenate the arts in in Puerto Rico? I don't know, but I hope so. I fully expect him to, like, be in a Marvel comic movie at some point. (laughs) (laughs) He's just trying to save the world. Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sean. Yes. Your week of Uh, news in three words. Three words. Uh, Heads will roll, which is a yeah, yeah, yeah song. Yeah, but also and the remix is better than the original. On it's that one. true. It's true. Yeah. I'm gonna play it at the Third Coast Dance Party on Saturday because I want to be zeitgeisty, you know, <laughs> timely. Uh, but you know, y- y- I saw some tweet a couple of days ago that was like, you know, we have to remember that this isn't just about calling out all the people that have done things, but actually changing how we act or something. And then someone responded to it was like, actually, let's just keep calling everyone out for a minute. <laughs> and so, Sean, you're talking about calling out men accused of sexual harassment, like, oh, uh, let's see here, this week. Louis C.K. Yeah, so comedian. that just happened. That one's been been you know rumored for a long time, but no one came out, which just speaks to the power and the fear of and the, power and retribution yes. in in media, in the arts, yeah. and and victim blaming. Um, Louis C.K.'s allegations have been around forever. Someone posted about uh, spoke about them in a podcast, and then pulled the podcast wow. episode. Um, to and the get, allegations are basically that he was exposing himself to women. Yeah, uh, and. 
Yeah. He's canceling all his appearances, canceling mm-hmm. uh, his appearance at his own movie premiere, canceling his entire movie premiere, Whoa. canceling his appearance on Stephen Colbert. And I read this morning that uh, HBO is removing his comedy specials. So wow. at, people are acting much faster Life than they used at to. you fast. Exactly. Now, Louis C.K. said on Friday, he put the statement out saying those allegations are true. We should also caveat, as of Friday when we're taping this show, another person's been accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, this is a candidate for Senate. Roy Moore. Yeah. So this is a Republican candidate for Senate in Alabama. Yep. Uh, former judge. He came to fame as uh, the official in Alabama that wanted to have a statue of the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. right there in public. Um, he's been controversial for a while. But now the Washington Post says his story out that uh, cites women and girls. One woman as young as 14 when she said right. he uh, engaged in some sexual misconduct with her. Are we in this new era now where just every week it's going to be one more guy exposed? I think until the next big thing, yeah. This is this is digging in. Women are digging yeah. in right now, and we're seeing women in politics in California, right? They joined mm-hmm. together and wrote a letter, women in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. Women in the arts world, women in the business world, women are, I think, I, I, I find it heartening. Women are, Absolutely. are, you know, taking a stand and they're coming out. They didn't feel, yeah. they didn't feel confident enough to do this years and, ago. And in the case of Kevin Spacey, men. Yeah. Right? So, I yeah. think this is entirely tied in. I think it, it, it representative of the same pattern that's happening in the recent elections. It's, it's, mm. it's people trying to find balance. There's mm. a huge imbalance of power. Mm. And women, there's a, right, imbalance of power. Women are, are stepping forward and, and fighting powerful men, except in the case of Kevin Spacey, when there's still an imbalance of or power. Or the, the powerless. Yeah, yeah, the powerless. Either way, yeah. But, yeah. I got three words. Yes. I was trying yeah. to think of like some wise, pithy, really smart take on the election results this week, but all I really came up with was people be voting. <laughs> As yeah. we know, there was a, Tuesday was election day, and we saw some good results for Democrats. They won uh, in state and local races, governor's races in New Jersey and Virginia. A bunch of firsts as well. First openly trans woman elected in Virginia to a statewide office. Hoboken, New Jersey, elected a sick mayor. A lot of first black mayors in cities throughout the country. Um, And my question with this is what this says about the state of parties. So Mm. we'll recall right before the election on Tuesday, There was all of this press about the allegations by Donna Brazile. She is the former interim chair of the Democratic National Committee, and she has this new book out, basically claiming that Hillary Clinton and her campaign had kind of hijacked the DNC to help themselves in the election. And there was all this reporting saying that, oh, my God, even more evidence that Democrats are in disarray. They can't get anything done. This is a really bad sign going into Tuesday. And then they won. So my question is, like, does the party's strength or weakness actually matter? It's really about the candidates, right? I just feel like you shouldn't take anything for granted. <laughs> if you're really invested in, in the 2018 election, you should get out there and vote. And another thing I want to add is that people be voting, obviously, <laughs> but people also not be voting. <laughs> yeah. In Jersey, the governor's race had 35% voter turnout. 35%? That isn't exactly like the will of the people. So Democratic governor in New Jersey. Is it a referendum on Christie? Is it not? I don't know. 35% of people and then, you know, 50% of them voted for for a Democrat. Like, Like, what does that really mean? Exactly. What does that mean? mean? We should really wait and see. Yeah. You know, also just to wrap up this chat about politics, um, the results of these elections on Tuesday puts even more pressure on Republicans to do something if Mm -hmm. they're worried about losing seats in the midterms next year. So they're trying to work this tax bill that has been... uh, 
in the mix for, gosh, a few weeks now. Um, Senate has their own version out of the tax plan, but there's still a ton of disagreement between Republicans in both chambers and how to pay for it all and questions over things like the state and local tax deduction. So there'll be a lot of headlines, I think, next week about what happens with that tax bill. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's time for a quick break. Coming up long distance, we're going to call a listener who uh, dealt with the same kind of tragedy that we saw in San Antonio this week. Also, my favorite guessing game. It's called Who Said That? You are listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Lyft. Reminding listeners that they could be relaxing in a Lyft ride right now with their eyes closed, listening to Beethoven or whale sounds or a babbling brook or something else relaxing. Lyft provides rides as relaxing as the buttery smooth voice of a public radio announcer because riding is just a more relaxing way to drive. Lift. It matters how you get there. Download and ride today. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, host of How I Built This, with the recommendation for another podcast for you to check out, namely How I Built This. Every week, I talk to the people behind some of the most inspiring companies and brands in the world with stories of incredible persistence, grit, and insight. You can find How I Built This on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, the show where we catch up on the week that was. I'm Sam Sanders here this week with public radio reporter Sally Herships. Hi, Sally. Hi, Sam. Also reporter for More Perfect from WNYC. It's a miniseries all about the Supreme Court. Sean Ramos-Vroom. What's up, dude? Hey, Sam. Quick question. Yes or no? Give it to me quick. Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon are going to be in a new drama series all about morning news shows. Would you watch that? <laughs> yes. How could I not? Network? Apple's doing it. They won this really big bidding war, and they outbid other folks like Netflix, Hulu, and Apple's going to do this show. Because they got all that money offshore. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how much right. you need. We got yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for a segment that we call Long Distance. We call a listener somewhere in the world and talk to them about the news. This week, we are talking with Mandy Pfeiffer. She's in Los Angeles. Mandy, are you there? I am. Hey, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for your time today. really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. You're Hi, Mandy. Hi, oh, Mandy. Hi. That's Sean and hey, Sally, two friends of mine. All right. Hey, Sean and Sally. <laughs> Hi, Mandy. So where in L.A. are you? I am in the lovely town of Koreatown. Oh, yeah. Mm. So what do you do out there? I work downtown at City Hall for the, the mayor. Okay. But in Koreatown, I moved out here. Um, Shannon lived out here. I, I like walking around. It's easy access to a lot of good music yeah. concerts. So Shannon, Shannon Johnson is your late fiance. He died in a mass shooting in 2015 in San Bernardino. This was at the Inland Regional Center, December 2015. And from what I understand, he died while shielding a woman from getting shot herself. He saved that woman's life. Correct. And now you're a crisis counselor. I am. Well, I manage um, a team of crisis responders. They're immediate on-scene support, so it's just kind of doing some psychological first aid and then hooking them up to some counselors to visit in the future. Gotcha. Was, was that something you did before the incident with your partner? Was, was that work you did beforehand? Yeah, it's an all-volunteer program. 
um, well, it's except for three of us at City Hall. And I joined as a volunteer in 2010. Hmm. So gotcha. I have been doing it for almost six years. And so, I mean, you know, given the news of this week where there's this shooting in a church in Sutherland Spring, Texas, that kills 26 yeah. people, 20 are injured. I'm sure that must have you flashing back, not just to Shannon's story, but also the work that you do, right? Yeah, it it, um, it, it certainly flashed back to my personal situation. But it, I can be honest, I actually received a lot of calls really? from folks who we've responded to as the crisis team, and it triggered a lot of their existing trauma as well. But yeah, hmm. it Hmm. It made me flash back to Shannon. It made me flash back to all my, quote, new friends in this mass shooting club that oh, exists. Man. Oh, man. So, yeah. Knowing how it's been for you and what you've seen through your work, what do you think the people in Texas that witnessed this shooting firsthand are dealing with right now? <sighs> Definitely, um, I'd say just now the fog is getting a little lighter. Mm. You know, they're in shock, right? Um, yeah. I, I know that there are feelings of, I don't care if I live or die. And it's wow. not like a suicidal thing. It's just a, who cares? And it, huh. it passes. But so what happens when something like that in Sutherland Springs happen is our bodies do everything it can to make sure we survive mm. the psychological impact. And so there's some kind of disconnection mm. and it feels like you're in a cloud. So wow. hopefully by now their bodies, like their adrenaline is back to normal. They're getting some sleep. And then that's when you deal with the, the aftermath, right? Mm. The business of death and just going on living. Yeah. When you lost Shannon, yeah. how long did it take for that fog to lift for you? Oh man, I was lucky. It was, it was about three weeks. And mm. I say I was lucky because it's a buffer. Mm. You know, it, it, it exists so that you're not just completely pummeled by the world. Mm. So for me, it was about three weeks. And, and because I've studied trauma, you know, I'm a marriage and family therapist as well. I, I knew that the buffer was normal. I knew everything I was going through was normal. So I knew that buffer was going to go yeah. away. And it did. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. A thing that we're seeing now with the Vegas shooting and this one in Texas is politicians saying, you know, it's too soon to talk about, you know, legislation. Okay. Uh, you know, we just need to send our thoughts and prayers right now, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I wonder, I did a story about the Second Amendment over the past year. And um, the one shooting that, that politicians don't seem to have a problem with over and over um, referencing and reminding us of is San Bernardino. And part of that to me feels like maybe it was because um, the the shooter said that, you know, pledged allegiance to the, the Islamic State or something. But then how do you right. feel when, when you hear politicians talking about San Bernardino? Do you, how do you react to that? Well, I'm very thankful that the presidential election is over because I, you know, I didn't listen to TV for a year because mm. um, they just drop it, right? It's, Listen, um, it's much, it's San Bernardino was as much a workplace shooting as it was a terrorist incident. Mm -hmm. um, it was personal. He knew the people he killed. I mean, it, they all worked in the same office. 
Mm. But it, it frustrates me. It, it, I mean, it frustrates me. And I also think, in whose name, like in whose honor, are you saying this about San Bernardino? Because it's not Shannon's. You have such professional and personal experience in dealing with the aftermath of a shooting like Sutherland Springs. If you were there now and talking with some of those survivors and relatives, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? How would you console them? I would hold space for their reaction, mm. which how, however they're reacting right now is a normal reaction and such an abnormal mm. event. Mm. I would assure them that they're not going insane. Yeah. I would assure them that there are a lot of people everywhere in the world who care for them, that they're, they're not alone, that there's support available for them when mm. they're ready to reach out for counseling or what have you. Yeah. Um, just reaffirm it, everything that they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do this weekend to uh, take some time for you to have some fun? So I'm going to, I have a doctor's appointment. Okay. And then on Sunday, we have a barbecue for the crisis responders. So, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I need to get a personal life. <laughs> don't we all <laughs> yeah I mean, but I really like you know I like the people I work with and again they've been friends of mine since 2010 so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing sleep okay sleep, sleep is a good lot. Yeah. enjoy that's that barbecue um, tell those folks you work with that we are grateful for them and the work that you and they do yeah thanks Mandy and have a yeah, really great weekend awful. it was a thanks, pleasure to talk Mandy. with you alright guys you too right. take care Bye-bye. bye 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 What's so, what I find so tragically fascinating about this is that every week there are more people that join the club that Mandy is in. Yeah, that club that we're in is like we're, we're, we're alongside countries like Yemen. Mm. Right. Uh, when mm. it comes to how many deaths we have by firearms in the United States. Of course, there are things that we have to make clear about what happened this week in Texas. One, as gun advocates have pointed out, the suspect, as he was fleeing that church last Sunday, he was pursued by a gun owner, an NRA-trained gun owner. And lots of folks think that that helped prevent more death. And two, even if all of the strictest gun control measures in the world were passed tomorrow, there would still be millions of guns all across the country. Listeners, we would love to talk to you for this segment. If you want us to give you a call and uh, hear about anything going on in your neck of the woods, just drop us a note. Tell us what's happening. Email us at samsanders at npr.org. All right, it's time for our main story of the week. Uh, Given Sunday's shooting in South Texas, we are yet again having another national conversation about guns, gun violence, and what the Second Amendment actually means. But the way America's relationship with guns, Sean, it wasn't always this way, right? You reported an hour all about the Second Amendment. Uh, it's called The Gun Show. It's an episode of More Perfect. And you kind of trace the history of the gun rights movement. And what I found really fascinating is that our current conception of what the Second Amendment means it wasn't always what it is now. Sure. That's a fact. Yeah. Every interview I did for that piece... 
I would start the interview by asking uh, my guest, be it someone I went out to Texas to interview or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an academic, like, hey, what's the Second Amendment? Mm. And, you know, some people knew it by heart. Uh-huh. Some people just went, you know, that's my right to bear arms. That's my right to have a gun. Uh-huh. And that's sort of a conversation. Uh-huh. Um, and that's sort of the accepted understanding now. Yeah. But certainly always was not that way. Um, so I'm, so I, I don't know if you're asking me to sum up the story, but basically what we try to understand in this uh, 69, 70 minutes of radio is how did we get here yeah. to where everyone thinks it's one thing? And the answer is um, complicated, but it's a mix of a lot of people in the 1960s when there's a lot of violence and riots and anti-war protests and assassinations of a president, of civil rights leaders, of a president's brother, going, I need a gun. Yeah. Well, and you have this wonderful scene of Black Panthers Mm -hmm. coming up to the state capitol in California Mm -hmm. in Sacramento, fully armed, Mm -hmm. saying it's our right to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that image of those black men with big old guns at the capitol sparked a lot of folks across the country to say, we need gun control laws. Exactly, exactly, including Ronald Reagan. Yes. Who then becomes (laughs) president, becomes the first president ever endorsed by the NRA. Yeah. And then says, you know, the right of the, uh, the Second Amendment is the right of people to keep and bear arms, period. Because the original conception of it was that this was the right for militias to bear arms, uh, not the right for individuals to bear arms. <laughs> well, that is a disputed fact. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Therein lies our yes. Second Amendment issue, yes. right? Yes. How long do you have? Uh, <laughs> people say it's really simple, you know, but when, this, when, the, when the conversation finally got up to the Supreme Court, is this just about militias or is this about the what's called the individual right, the right of Sam and Sally and Sean to keep a gun in our basement, in our kitchen, in our, in our bedroom? The Supreme Court split five to four in a case called the District of Columbia versus Heller. And that was in 2008, 2008, right, right around the time uh, President Obama took office. Uh, and five to four decisions saying, yes, it's Sam and Sean and Sally, get a gun. So given the way that Americans conceptualize the Second Amendment now, a lot of folks interpret it as being an individual's right to bear arms. If that's the way we think of it, Given the landscape of these shootings happening more and more frequently, it seems, is our gun debate stalled? Is the potential for gun control stalled because of the current way that we conceptualize the Second Amendment? Well, that's a great question. That remains to be seen. (laughs) I don't think this can keep happening over and over and over again, and we will, as, as a country, be resigned to it. This being the mass shootings. I do think the right kind of legislation, it, it can't just be people screaming for an assault rifle ban over and over. Uh, that doesn't seem to work. Screaming for it doesn't seem to work. Passing it didn't seem to do much. We had an assault rifle ban, and we still had mass shootings. But it's super important that both sides can can come to some sort of agreement on common sense things well, there's like, a consensus, like mental health. There's a consensus in the public whenever you poll Americans they agree on a few basic ideals for gun control. Mm -hmm. If you have mental health issues, they'd say you shouldn't be able to own a gun. They endorse the idea of background checks. So these are things that the public agrees upon. And that's where I think the the political will could shift. But most shootings, most mass shootings are not carried out by by mentally ill people. people. And I'm just... But this one at least, was in Texas. And, and, and I'm going to play the skeptic once again and just say after Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. n- nothing changed. If, if children are, and, 
And and then this recent church shooting. And mm. we had the baseball game where members of Congress were shot at. Yeah. People, someone was shooting politicians, pick it, picking them picking off. them off. If that's not going to do it, what's going to do it? Well, and just to like, I mean, you know, there there is a little movement on Capitol Hill, it seems. You know, after the Las Vegas shooting, there was a lot of talk about a ban on what's called bump stocks. These are the mm-hmm. things that can turn a semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon. There was a talk of a bipartisan bill. Then the NRA said, well, the ATF can just ban bump stocks. The ATF is... Alcohol, uh, tobacco, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. And firearms. Then the ATF said, actually, we can't ban bump stocks because bump stocks aren't guns. We only deal with guns. So in just a few weeks, the bump stock conversation was over. Yeah. Now there's a conversation in the aftermath of this Texas shooting to possibly push through some bill that would tighten up the reporting of uh, people's mental health backgrounds and domestic abuse backgrounds so that they would be on this list of folks that can't get guns. But it's not sure how far that push will go and if that will change any laws. Seems like we're getting stuck in the weeds here. If I may. The Supreme Court decision, the Heller versus District of Columbia decision 2008, it does say, yes, this is about individual rights. But it also says, Scalia said, of course, we need gun control. You can't have guns in schools. And this is the most conservative member of the Supreme Court at that time. A huge fan of guns. Except where you can. Except where you can have guns in schools. Right. So so it's up to the states. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a patchwork of legislation. But at least he said, you know, even if you have the Second Amendment right, individual right to have guns, of course, to be a functioning society, we need to have gun control. So a very conservative member of the Supreme Court said that. And that should be where the conversation starts. Quick plug, you can check out more of Sean's reporting on guns on his episode of More Perfect. That is a show from WNYC and Radiolab. And he has a whole hour all about the history of America's relationship with the Second Amendment. It's called The Gun Show. All right, time for a quick break. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Google Home. There are things you need to know in the morning, like the weather, your calendar, or the news. A personal assistant can just tell you those things, like the one built into every Google Home. Just say, hey Google, good morning. And the Google Assistant will tell you the latest forecast, traffic on your way to work, and even the headlines. It's a personalized briefing from an assistant that knows you best. It's a little help at home, like only Google can. Okay, before we get back to the show, something fun. I have a request for our listeners. I want to hear your Thanksgiving horror stories. Yes, your Thanksgiving horror stories. They can be tied to food or whatever. Just send me some drama. Have the subject line say Thanksgiving horror story. Tell me briefly what happened and then leave me your phone number because I might call you to talk about it for a show that we're doing for Thanksgiving. But here's the catch. You have to be free to take the phone call from me and a special friend. Tuesday, November 14th, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. East Coast time. Be free to take a call from me. Tuesday, the 14th of November, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. East Coast time. All right, we are back. Time for a high-stakes winner-takes-all game called... Who said that? Oh, God. You win, Sally. It's you actually not winner-takes-all because the win? winner gets nothing. Oh. Yeah. I can, do I win for anxiety? Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so this game is so simple. I share a quote from the week. You guys have to guess who said that. We'll do three or four today, okay? 
Wow. You feel the pressure? Great. Oh, my. Yeah, I'm sweating. I hope to know one of them. It's been a busy week. Let's see. I know. Here we go. In this instance, the L.A. Times showed a complete disregard for basic journalistic standards. Um, Oh, who said it? Disney? Yeah. Nice. Sean takes a victory lap. But this dude is taking a lap right now. I just won nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So have you guys been following this crazy story? Yes. Disney has been sure. like yes. Disney's been like blacklisting the LA Times because the LA Times had this big investigation into Disney's business ties to the city of Anaheim, California. Anaheim is where Disneyland is. The article was about some financial incentives and protections that Disney got from Anaheim. Disney didn't like that story, so in response, they blacklisted the LA Times from press screenings for its new movies. That'll get them. So, so the LA Times did go, get to go see Thor as a result. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so they couldn't post a review. They're like the only, yes. but they did Sean, something brilliant, hurts. right? They wrote, "We don't have a review because Disney blacklisted us." <laughs> and then the internet was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." I just imagine Mickey Mouse being like, "You can't see my movie." <laughs> <laughs> So then after that, the New York Times... Ch- such a goofy move on Disney's part. Oh, like, come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's no. out Chicago. The Goofy Movie soundtrack was one of the best Disney soundtracks of all time. Can we get a they were like I can't believe army. you know this. Kevin Campbell did that soundtrack. It was amazing. Anyway, after the know. LA Times was like, Disney, you wrong, the New York Times is like, we're not going to go to Disney screenings either in solidarity. It's just high wow. drama. Yeah. It's movies, y'all. All right. You got one, Sean. Thank you. Next quote. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Done, done. Law and order? But where do they say this? In, in, the, in what in space? The credits? In the credits? No. <laughs> in what social media space did they write this whole thing? And they couldn't write it that long before. Twitter. Yes. Oh, yes. oh of course. Oh. Twitter went from 140 character tweets this week <laughs> to the potential to write tweets of 280 oh characters. My gosh. And Law and Order SVU probably had the best 280 character tweet. <laughs> That's amazing. They did that whole thing in there. I gotta go find that and retweet it. Retweet it in solidarity. <laughs> nice. The sound. The Can sound. we get the goofy soundtrack too? <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's tied one and one. This is this is this high stakes competition. Oh, y'all aren't gonna get this last one. I'm so excited. You're not gonna get this. You're not gonna get this. Ready? Famous last words. All right. It's a long quote, but just bear with me. Is it, is is it, it Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> Can you give it to me in 140, please? I will try. My brain can't handle two eighty. Here we go. Sister, shoulder, daughter, lover, healer, broken halo, mother nature. These are song lyrics. Oh, Taylor Swift? No. Oh. I wouldn't doubt that, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, New York? No. <laughs> it was the dude. Uh, He's married to Nicole Kidman. That's uh, oh, the, the country guy. the guy with the white teeth, Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of highlights. He has a I lot think of highlights. what we would call a metrosexual. So he, wanting to be a male ally, male feminist, hmm. he wrote this song in response to, you know, Weinstein and the ongoing fallout. Oh. Um, it's very thoughtful. But the song is not good. He had oh, Nicole no. Kidman, his wife, sing back up. We have some oh. of the song. Can we play it? You hear somebody say somebody hits like a girl. How does that hit you? Oh, no. It's the thought that counts. Is it? I don't know. Is it? I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying. So. I'm not digging it, you guys. Sorry, Keith. 
It's just I'm like not lying. it's like feminism mad lib. <laughs> <laughs> so so there was an article about the song in Elle magazine by one of my favorite writers, R. Eric Thomas. Uh, he wrote this is the musical equivalent of a guy wearing a shirt that says male feminist. <laughs> like, why and also stop? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah. But can I just say that he's, he's trying. trying. And Kendra I think the trying. biggest thing we can all do in this moment where there's a lot of reconciliation, a lot of calling out, a lot of heads rolling, is we can all try. This, <laughs> this <laughs> after school <laughs> special over <laughs> here. All right, Sister who got the last one? <laughs> no, sing it, go. I have the lyrics. I won. I'm Sister shoulder daughter of love, healer, broken halo, mother nature. That's a lot. Sally, you won. Uh, as a reward, you get John and Mai's allyship. Well, go eat some deep dish on, Wait, you guys, on you us. Have, are you going to write me a song? I feel like it doesn't yes. really Sally, Sally, Public radio report. All right. I changed my mind. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. This is the first time I've, uh, this is the first time that we actually had a prize. That oh. song we just wrote you. <laughs> All right. Is it tweetable? <laughs> oh, yeah. 280 characters. Unprecedented. Believe it. I, Believe wanted, it. I want a song in Twitter. All right. With that, we're almost done. Uh, but first, a plug for Tuesday's episode. I got to talk with one of my favorite comedians of the moment. I talked with Eliza Schlesinger. I love her. I've seen all of her Netflix specials. She has a new book out. Uh, I met up with her face-to-face in New York last week, and she awesome. was the best. Great. She's so funny. Uh, she has this new book out called Girl Logic that she kind of uses mm. to get into the head of women like her. And she brought her dog with her. Wow. A dog named Blanche. Aww. Yeah. They let, the, they let the dog in the building? Yeah. That's awesome. It was really great. She was super fun. Uh, check your feed for that Tuesday. I laughed so hard in the <laughs> booth with her. All Sister right. shoulder. <laughs> this oh guy. God. You got to let it go. It's like, no, don't oh let no. it go. Don't let it go. Promise you're not going to sing that in the taxi. <laughs> we got an Easter egg. Sean and I sing more of this song <laughs> at the end of the episode, okay? All right. It is time to end the weekly wrap as we always do. Each week, we ask listeners to send us the sound of their own voices, sharing the best things that happened to them all week. We encourage them to brag. They always do. It's always good stuff. Oh, that's Brent nice. compiles the audio here. Let's take a listen. Hi, Sam. My name is Carlos, and I live in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Hi, Carlos. The best thing that happened this week is that after 48 days, oh my goodness. we finally got our power back at home. Oh, that's good to hear. Following yeah. Hurricane Maria. Aww. Good to hear. Um, Yay. We're really happy about this. There's a lot of work to be done yeah. still in Puerto Rico. But thanks a lot yeah. for your work. I listen to you every week. Have a great Aww. day. Thanks, man. You too. Hey, Sam. It's Jennifer. The best thing that's happened to me all week is that after six brutal months of unemployment, I finally started my first week at work. Yes. Oh, Jennifer. I had my last exam ever today, and I officially have finished my Bachelor of Commerce. Congrats. My husband and I went to a cat cafe to play cat trivia, <laughs> which means we are officially the craziest cat couple ever. I love hey, it. Sam. Uh, this is Colin in Houston, Texas. It's about four in the morning, uh, and I'm headed to the airport. I'm flying home to Wisconsin for the weekend to surprise my dad for his 55th birthday party. We've been planning this for months, and it's finally here. I'm a little sleepy, but I'm so excited. Hey, Sam. This is Terry from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hey, Terry. Uh, The best thing that happened to me this week is that after moving to Philadelphia 15 years ago with 300 bucks in my pocket and not a very good plan, Uh, The theater company that I started here in Philadelphia won our first major award, Uh and it made years of wondering, what am I doing (laughs) with my life? 
finally kind of worth it. That's awesome. Hi, Sam. This is Emma Harris from Los Angeles, California. Um, The best thing about my week is that I'm actually up in Monterey Bay visiting my parents. My dad's currently going through chemo, and it's really Mm -hmm. good to just be able to be here, be with them, be at the doctors with them, and just see and, you know, just be around. Um, So that's the best thing that happened to me. All right. All the best. Hey, Sam. I wanted to let you know about one of the best things that happened to me. Um, I enjoy traveling. And uh, because I've been a single mom for the last 17 years, I haven't gotten to do nearly as much of it as I would like to. Mm. Um, But my daughter is now uh, a college junior. So I decided to treat myself to a trip to Mm. Buenos Aires, Argentina for eight days. Oh, hey. I like it up there. I had the best time. It was liberating. It was fabulous. It was way, way overdue. Go, mom. And I got in so much needed me time right. I got to explore yeah. so let's hope this is the beginning of me getting my wings back all right and I love your show mm. keep doing what you're doing have a great week thanks bye I love that ciao uh, thanks to all those voices we just <clears throat> heard Carlos Jen Cassie Sam Colin Terry Emma and Andrea Buenos Aires is a really beautiful fun city I was there years ago I had so much fun and the empanadas are Amazing. On um, point, did you tango? I tried to. I was very bad at it. <laughs> I was very bad at it. I, my it's hips, kind of hard. My hips do lie, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> all right, we wish we had time to play all these that come in. We get a lot, but know that we hear them all. Um, also, a crazy story about Carlos and San Juan, who you heard earlier. After he sent that message, he wrote us back to say the power actually went out. Oh, no. After a major no, power line installed no, Carlos, by the company no. Whitefish Energy failed. Oh. Uh, and it wiped out like half the power that had come back <sighs> on the island. So, Carlos, we're rooting for you. Yeah, um, sorry Hang to hear about there, this. Carlos. Hang in there. Let us know what happens, though, okay? Uh, if you want to share your best thing all week, you can do so at any time throughout the week. Just record your own voice. Send me the file to samsanders at npr.org. Mama, we made it. Chance, take us out. Best. I'm gonna play this on the dance floor. I want to see you shaking my leg. My hips will Your lie. Hips so nice. hips my hips will lie. I want to see Sam Sanders tango to, <laughs> to <chance>. this song. <laughs> I love it. All right, this show this week was edited by Jeff Rogers and Steve Nelson. Our big boss is Anya Grunman. She's a VP of programming here at NPR. And the show is produced lovingly every week by Brent Bachman and Anjali Sastry. Refresh your feed Tuesday morning for my chat with the comedian of the moment, Eliza Stessiner. Y'all are great. Thank you. No, you are. No, you are. No, you are. No, Keith Urban is. (laughs) Uh, You guys, we did it. Chance, keep doing you. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon. I'm so hard. Me and God happy. This my blessing. This my passion. School of hard knocks. I took night classes. You don't want to 